Welcome to another episode of Shy Sports Combo. We got your host, Edgar Romero and Martin Barraza. Martin, football season has started. And can't wait to see the game on Sunday between the Bears and the Packers. Also, we got our Chicago Cubs heating up, continuing their winning series, series against all these contending teams. And let's talk about the White Sox and their new VP and general manager. But Martin, first, how you doing? How's it going, buddy? It's one of the best times of year, right? You got college football already started. I'm a big college football fan. And then today, we're recording right now. You got Detroit versus the Chiefs, official start of the football season. And then it's meat and cheese week. And we got the Packers and the Bears this Sunday. I am ready every Sunday to watch football all the way to February, I'm sure. Our significant others and every listener's significant other isn't happy that now going to watch football till February. Yep. But let's start first with baseball. Let's start with the White Sox on the south side. The dumpster fire White Sox. The record so far is 54 and 86. And then Jerry Reinstorf just announced last week the new vice president and general manager. And he named Chris Getz. This shocked a lot of fans. A lot of fans were pissed. Uh, for me, it's like you hire the guy that did not develop any players within that the White Sox drafted. And you named them as the VP and general manager. What's your thoughts on that move by Jerry Reinsdorf? Well, Jerry Reinsdorf sent shockwaves through the White Sox fan base and organization by letting go of Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn. Kenny Williams was with the organization for a long time. Rick Hahn, 10 plus years. And that was kind of reinvigorated White Sox fans. We heard on Chicago Sports Talk Radio about how the fans were very enthusiastic. Now, after that occurred, everyone was contemplating, who is going to be your new head of baseball operations? Who is going to be the replacement at general manager? Is there going to be someone on top of that general manager occupying Kenny Williams' role? That was a big question going into you know, the later days after the firing of those of those two gentlemen, Williams and Han. And then the speculation started of Chris Getz, who is your head of player development, which has not been good, by the way. There were talks about him now being your new general manager and really all that goodwill, all that change you know, that was ex- going to be expected by the Chicago White Sox fans, you know, a flat-out dud. Yep. Now, Chris Getz has been with the organization a long time. Um, I don't think he's been a, done a good job as a farm director, as the White Sox farm system has been in the, in the lower levels. Um, in terms of deve- developing players that they have not drafted outside of the first round, he hasn't had good success. Andrew Vaughn has plateaued. Gavin Sheets has not done well. Nick Madrigal out of the organization. Um, but I, the fault of the hire, honestly, it's on Kenny, on, uh, on Reinsdorf. Yes. On Reinsdorf because, you know what? When I heard his press conference, it kind of alarmed me. And then he was basically saying that those players that failed, that did not develop, were just there in the organization for Chris Getz. No, they weren't. Chris Getz just didn't develop them. These players are not ready to play. These players are not ready to play when they come to the, to the major league level. I've heard A.J. Pierzynski, not a big fan of the hire. He's, he's a big White Sox fan, played with the White Sox in the White Sox organization. Um, also, uh, 
uh, Ozzie Guillen heard great stuff with him as well. He was in the podcast of AJ Pierzynski. Also bad. Also bad reviews about Chris Getz. Um, and I feel bad for Chris Getz. You know, everybody deserves an opportunity, right? But this is more on Reinsdorf. And he's saying that they're kind of a small market team. They got to not sign players. If I was them, you know who I would go for? Go for executives from the Tampa Bay organization. They need a new, a new invigoration, some new cha- new heads in the room. They need somebody, a different flavor for Jerry Reinsdorf and this team to be successful. And I'm sorry, but Chris Getz is not the answer. And I don't see a lot of changes coming for this team until Jerry Reinsdorf passes away, unfortunately. Jerry, to me, if he wants to operate like a small market team, which he shouldn't, by the way, because these are the Chicago White Sox, they still get more revenue than all of the teams in the Central, in the American League Central. They pull more revenue than Detroit. They pull more revenue. They pull more revenue than the Minnesota Twins, than Cleveland, Kansas City Royals. They should be one of the higher payroll teams in the AL Central. But if you want to operate that way, pull somebody from the Tampa Bay Rays. Look at what they do with the small payroll. But I don't, I don't, but for me, and now I, I want the White Sox as well to be successful. Because I want a city where both teams are good. Because I never seen yeah. that in my lifetime. We seen that one time in like 2008, mm-hmm. and that was, you know, that was unprecedented. But Jerry needs new ideas. New ideas. You can't do it with the same guys. It hasn't. Even, it hasn't worked. Yeah, it's like it's like the. Don't get me wrong, it's exciting when the teams face each other. But now that the excitement the excitement in in as high no more because the, the Cubs already won the World Series. So there's no more talk. It's now it's like who's gonna be the better organization? And so far now, with this co- this quick collapse from the White Sox that shocked either shocked us. When we started this podcast, we said that this White Sox team looked like a monster and oh they were gonna be the toughest team coming in 2022 and they just flat out pretty much gave up um they make the trades they made it pretty Giolito to the Angels and now he becomes a damn guardian I wish I wish that the guardians were facing the White Sox in this this month but they're not but <laughs> they make all these trades but then the offense I mean, so far still is crap. It's like they're not fighting for a spot for next season. What, what, what is that? What is that telling you from the players? They think that their their job is safe for next season, right? It's are, are you telling me that oh, now that you hired Chris Getzel, Chris Getzel is not gonna trade anybody or overbuild the? Because for me, my opinion. They need, they need to tear down everything from top to bottom. The coaches, the staff, they need to get new, new, better quality develop, development coaches, scouts, but even, even the manager. I know there's, there's a couple of other podcasters that say, oh, it's not Pedro Griffo's fault. I'm not saying there's Pedro Griffo's fault, Pedro Griffo's fault, but Pedro Griffo was never ready to be a manager. Not with this team. Not for this team. No. I'm like, and that's where it failed. I'm not saying that Pedro Rupolo could have been, he's not a good manager right now. At the moment, it's not, he's not the correct manager for this team. If you see, if you rebuild the team, then Pedro Rupolo could start learning his way too as well. That's how David Ross, you know what happened to David Ross? He brought him in, gave one more chance for Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Contreras, Baez, the court to continue playing to see if, they, if bringing in Ross could make a change. It didn't. What did Jed Hoyer did? Boom, trade everybody. Let's rebuild this team again and start fresh with David Ross. David Ross took two years. Now, we'll talk about the Cubs right, later, but, but right now, that that's the type that's the type of way that I see Pedro Buffon going forward. But I don't know if Chris is Chris Getz is gonna a- able to trade 
these players because I don't know of other teams who want these players. And also, which free agents wants to come play with the White Sox? Well, all these stories coming out, how they didn't listen or they don't follow any rules or anything. Well, in the press conference, uh, Reinsdorf kind of alluded to Griffol's job being safe. I think, I think Griffol needs to go. This team is not responding to his leadership. All season, this team has not responded to him. Now, nope. their mistake and Rick Hahn's mistake was this team didn't listen to Jerry Ryan. Uh, no, Tony LaRusso. This team did not listen to Tony LaRusso, a Hall of Fame manager. You think they're going to listen yep. to? They needed. They needed a veteran manager who's. I'm not going to say they. They could have gotten. I mean, Bruce, Bruce Bochy would have been great, yes. but they they couldn't get him. But they needed somebody who have who has done the job before. They need somebody who's done the job before, and that would have been a better a better manager for this team. You brought in a manager who was a rookie to a team that needed structure and discipline. And this guy's learning on the job. Recipe for disaster. This team. Also, they need an organizational change from the top down. Now, this reminds me a lot of when uh, Theo Epstein took over the Cubs. The Cubs were still using fax machines to get a hold of season yeah. ticket holders. I feel yeah. like that is the type of structure that the Chicago White Sox have. That, that means you need someone with experience with experience or somebody that comes from that's the thing with, with Chris Getz. Chris Getz is, hasn't even been an assistant GM. He hasn't been an executive. That's to me that's what's alarming of this case. He hasn't he hasn't been an executive. That that's that's the issue I have, but you need all of that. Also after after Will, Kenny Williams and Henry Conner let go, Eloy Jimenez was asked, "Who's the leader?" Luis Robert asked, "Who's the leader?" <laughs> nobody, nobody. That's a problem. That's a problem. There's no leaders in that clubhouse. There needs to be a change. There needs to be a change. A change. The problem is this team only has they only have two players that are worth anything on the roster. Luis Robert, who they need to keep because he's had a very nice season. He's been the only bright spot in this team. And you got Dylan Cease, who's really regressed this season. But he's your ace of your staff. There's still something there. Everyone else, I think, has to go. Tim Anderson needs to go. He's one of the reasons why this team isn't doing very well. And also in the locker room, he isn't doing well. Chris Getz has a lot of work to do, and he's, for him, being inexperienced, he's being put in a very tough position. Again, like Pedro Grafal, in a very tough position. But for me, if you're talking about the manager, Grafal needs to go, and Chris Getz needs to hire a manager who's had experience, and you need that guy. Unfortunately, they need Ozzy Guillen. They need somebody to go in there, hold this team accountable, kind of whip their ass and get this team into shape. But unfortunately, Ozzy Guillen has talked a lot of crap about this team and the whole process. And I don't know if they'll sit well with Reinsdorf. Yes, he pretty much said that. Like, no, I'm I'm tired of doing interviews. I'm not going to do interviews. You want me to manage? You just better call me and, 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 and give me a blank check and I'll write how much and how many years I want to be a manager and that's it. And also, Ilo Jimenez, when they asked him about Pedro Grifoldo, a managing style, whatever, (laughs) his answer was like something about, well, usually new managers struggle in the first year, but maybe next year um, he should do better. It's like, dude, man, these players don't have accountability on themselves, man. 
And they don't respect the manager. That, that's the issue. And they don't have accountability either. They don't have accountability. It's like, bro, they, they, they let go of Kenny Williams and Rick Hunt because you failed them. Correct. You failed them. Now it's like that's what I, that's 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 where the question comes. If Chris gets wants to trade, who, which other organization will will take will take Anilo Jimenez knowing his attitude and his health? He's rarely and on the field. Who would take Tim Anderson? Nobody because of his of his uh, attitude also. I'm like they probably will question deadly fees, but they're not gonna give up the prospects and the white are probably gonna ask for deadly fees. Michael Kopech, who knows? He's been having a horrible season too as well. Kopech's trade value is at zero yeah. with the bad season he's had. Your good player, Jake Berger, that you traded to the Marlins, you traded just for one good prospect that you don't know if he's actually gonna be good or not. And Luis Patino, a former top prospect that has pretty much got cursed with injuries. And that trade for Berger was kind of, you know, a kind of open window for us as fans to see the dysfunction because who made the trade for Jake Berger? It wasn't Rick Hahn, it was Kenny no, it was Williams. Yeah. Kenny Williams went behind his back and traded Jake Berger. Rick Hahn did not want to trade Jake Berger. That's the dysfunction that it, that happened, and that let yep. us as fans open open that little crack to see a little bit into that front office yeah. that dysfunction. So I don't know, man. I don't know how how the whites is gonna organization is gonna do it, but we'll see. We'll see what Chris gets gets done because he needs to prove he's actually a good GM to, to making trades or or he's gonna get fleeced. Because look at Nick Madrigal. The White Sox traded him when he got injured. He didn't like that trade at the beginning. But look how he's turning out with the Cubs right now. Yeah, I did not like the trade. I'll be 100% honest. I did not like the trade. I thought the Cubs did not get did not get enough for him, for Kimbrough. And guess what? I'm wrong. Because Madrigal has been a very good contributor and basically, the White Sox have been looking for a second baseman now for forever. And he would have been that that guy. Kimbrel yes. didn't work. Cody Hoyer for the Cubs. He probably will not be with the Cubs. He just, I think he blew out his arm. But, and I thought that guy was going to be the, the guy that was going to be the return. But it ended up being Madrigal. And Madrigal will now be... A key guy in this push to the playoffs. Yes, because he, he plays. He's been playing good third base. Gets hits, man. He rarely strikes out. What did the what did Jason Benetti call them? Two strikes, Nikki. That's that's true. He may be he may be all in two, but he finds a way to get hits. He puts the ball in play and he'll fly. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like that dude is. When healthy and he's 100, percent he he's a uh, the little dude man. He 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 could get in. He he gets he gets his bats. He's a very very so- a good solid contributor to a winning ball club. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's 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 where that's where I don't know where the White Sox could go with this new organization and this new GM. So, but we'll see. Yeah. And to wrap a bow on the dumpster fire of a season so far for the White Sox. After the trade, they have been horrendous on the field. They've been yes. getting their ass kicked by Kansas City. Detroit Tigers fucked them. And the Detroit Tigers. So they're on they're on their way to lose 100 games so far this season. Yes. Are they going to lose 100 games or are they going to be just under? Um, I am going to say they are not going to lose 100 games. They're going to be very close. There are 14 games left, so they're 54 and 86. So they got like 20-something games left. Mm, 20-something games, and and they they need 14 losses 
Yes. Uh, never mind. I think they'll get it because they've been they've been playing under five hundred baseball. Yes, and the offense has not been responding really well either. The only respond the only person that's been responding mostly was Andrew Vaughn. And Robert a little bit, but then Robert's Robert not been healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's 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 another thing too that they have to do a better job in getting these players back. I think one of the, one of my gripes with this team was this is a this is a young this was a young ball club, but they were it felt like this team was filled with thirty year olds because they yes. were always hurt. These guys in their mid twenties, late twenties. All of them getting hurt. Abreu, when he was with the club, 35, 36, right? He was yeah. their healthiest player. There is no way when you got a team full of 20-something that Abreu, who is 35, is your healthiest player on the team. They need to do a better job in terms of training and getting these players better because Vaughn should play all the time. Eloy should play all the time. Uh, Robert should play all the time. These guys are 27, 26 years old. Yes, they, 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 yeah, they're, they're injury prone, especially the big bets that they extended Moncada, Jimenez, and Robert. Yeah, and if Robert's a building block for the future and he's injury prone, and Eloy is also injury prone, Eloy has to go. Yes, you cannot have four or five injury prone players, maybe you can get one or two but not basically your whole lineup yes that's also another in hindsight that's another another key component of their downfall is that they were always injured but hopefully everything gets better for for the White Sox and the White Sox fans we're it's it's tough times we're 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 pulling for you guys how's your cousin taking it How's the what? How's your cousin taking it? Uh, well, he's he's watching he's watching the Cubs a little bit more and a little disappointed in uh, the lack of success for the White Sox. Of hey, course, I'm a little annoyed when they play the Crosstown Classic and Madrigal hit a home run. And here, Jason Benetti say, "Thanks, Sox." All right. <laughs> Yeah, but then again, yeah, Book Shambi and Book Shambi and all the other guest color commentators aren't as petty as Jason Benetti. Nope. Yeah, they 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 they, res- they show professionalism and respect, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's like when they when the Cubs traded, I mean when the Sox traded Quintana. Madden did not pitch Quintana to face him against against him. When he was supposed to, he skipped the start. Oh, that's terrible by by Joe Madden. That's yeah. why he got fired. I remember that when 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 the White Sox traded Quintana over here to show respect, that he did not allow Quintana to pitch against against his former team in the South Side. So so he they skipped the start. And I'm like, damn. I'm like, he should have pitched against them, and who cares, bro? It's like, you moved, you moved on, and everything, bro. But yeah. But let's move on to the Northsiders. And the Cubs, they've been playing pretty hot baseball. They continue. They gave us a little bit of a headache in the weekend, but they swept the Giants earlier this week, and I believe they're about to lose today's game against the Diamondbacks. Which unfortunately, it's a big game. They, they should have gained a half a game on both the Brewers and Phillies, but they didn't. But the Cubs are 76 and there will be 76 and 65. June 9th, they were 10 games under 500, I believe. But from the London series and on, they went on a tear and pretty much. Turn around their season in July and everything, and so far they've been competitive. They have been winning series. 
I think really the only series that they lost like, was against the Mets. But they split series with the Reds recently, on, which they they had those four games swept. Like I remember texting you that they should have swept those four games, but the bullpen has come back a little tired. Um, they brought reinforcements. Jordan Wicks, top prospect. Your guy, Jordan Wicks. Got called up. Three starts. He's he's three and zero. He's big pitching good. Look little. Look, Little got called up on Wednesday, I believe, and he pitched. He had a good inning for him. Uh, Wednesday, yesterday's game against the Giants, it was awesome because the pitch, the pitching was Jordan Wicks. He went six and two thirds. Daniel Palencia went an inning and a third, and then Luke Little closed it out in the ninth. Three prospects. All prospects, and they and they in the end the Cubs were able to beat the Giants. Suzuki's getting hot. Cody's being the same. Hat has been playing better the past couple of weeks. Uh, Swanson's being Swanson. Nico has been a little bit down, but he's still there. He's still hustling and not giving up at bats and and getting on base. Mike Tubman so far uh, is uh, he went down. A bit, but then he started picking it up again, getting more walks now and getting hits. He was, I think, two games ago, he went four for four. Yeah, but the main key component for this so far is Suzuki. After that five game, five games that Ross gave him off and he returned, he's been he's been hitting the ball. What's your what's your thoughts so far on the, on this Cubs run so far? It's been. It's been it's been greater than we have expected. You earlier this year, you kind of made a good point that you believe this team had a chance to to get a wild card spot, and so far, yes. it has it has built, built fruition. The offense is playing a little bit better. Candelario has been a it's been a good addition. Yes, I'm very impressed with. How Bellinger has rebounded. He looked. He didn't. He didn't look great. He didn't look great after his his shoulder injuries in Los Angeles. Then that play great. Took a risk here with signing with the Cubs. Cubs for the Cubs. It wasn't really a risk because it's a one year deal. No one year deal is bad. But it was a risk for Cody Bellinger, and it has paid off very well. And he has been clutch, especially in the Red Series, hitting key home runs. When they were behind, uh, now Ross gets scrutinized, and I've been ant about Ross, but you are starting. You are starting to get me on your bandwagon. You have not been a big fan of Ross. Not have lefty lineups, which I think don't have any pop, and sometimes it's questionable moves in the bullpen. Yes. Which I believe now, because we, 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 we talk every day after every game, mm-hmm. I believe his questionable moves cost him the sweep against the Reds. Yes. Which were our big games now because they're so close now with the Brewers. They're going to end up losing today. They'll lose half a game, so they'll be two, they'll be two games out. What I'm very impressed though is the starting pitching, with Stroman pitching so well, then he didn't pitch well, then you got the mysterious uh, rib cartilage injury. He's out, you don't know if he is. Justin Steele's been fantastic. He could very well be the Cy Young Award winner. Um, I think right now he's a front runner, but other MLB has Snell and Strider. And Kyle Hendricks has been Kyle Hendricks. Hendricks has been, he's not going to be Kyle Hendricks of old of not giving up any runs. He'll keep you in the game, and that's what you want, and that's what Hendricks has been doing. He's been keeping you in the game. And then you got Javier Assad. Assad today started, I believe he went five innings, gave up three runs. He's your number, right now he's your number five starter. What else can you want? That's that's what you want. You want him to keep you in the game, 
And so far, Jordan Wicks has been fantastic. Jordan Wicks is one of those guys that's coming in. He and him, Ben Brown, eventually will come up. Kate Horton will come up. But so far, Jordan Wicks has been that great pitcher that the Cubs has been yearning. One thing I do see that's different from the run in previous, what is the thing that kind of hurt the Cubs? The Cubs did not produce any starting pitching, which then made them trade their surplus of bats, which kind of stopped them because when they needed some new bats to come up, they didn't have any because they had to trade them all for starting pitching. Now they're getting these wave of pitching and really it shows Jed Hoyer's being smart and hiring Carter Hawkins because I think Carter Hawkins kind of worked with the farm system down and kind of established the the success that the Cleveland Guardians have in developing their pitchers. I think we're seeing that with the Cubs. Yep. And that is and that is a big help. And also the bullpen. And I'll I'll, I'll leave it to you after this point. Um, the bullpen has been pretty good. Alzelay mm-hmm. has been good. Merriweather has been good. I think Mel Glider Jr. is beginning fatigued, but now with Little coming up, Daniel Palencia coming up, it's uh, it, it, the Cubs are the Cubs are in good success. I hope that either they get win the division or get the last wild card because right now they're kind of scheduled to face the Philadelphia Phillies and they don't match up very well. Yes. They, for, yeah, you're right. The matchup for the Cubs, if they continue, is for them either to win the division or be the la- or be the last wildcard spot for me. Because the Cubs better off matchup facing against the Brewers and the Dodgers. Because if they stay facing the Phillies in the wildcard, if they're able to beat the Phillies, then they'll have to face the Braves. Braves are tough. Yes, the Braves are tough. So if the Cubs have any chance of actually making it or besides, first of all, we just want the Cubs to win, to just make it to the playoffs. Correct. But we somehow. Now, if they make it, then if we want them to do something, winning the wild card round would be nice. Would be beneficial if it was at home. But if it's going to be at home, it better be against either whoever's the last place, last wildcard team, and, that, and the Cubs have a better chance of winning. But then if they win the wildcard and they go to a division round, I pref- I prefer them facing the Dodgers than the, than the Braves. They, they match up better with the Dodgers. Yeah, the Dodgers have... Their lineup is a little bit easier to navigate, even though you still in the top three, you still have Mookie Betts, who might be the NL MVP. Acuna doesn't have anything to say about it. Freddie Freeman is constant professional, great at bats. You still have Will Smith, one of the better hitting catchers in the league. And after that, you can navigate. Also, their pitching staff right now is kind of in a funk. Clayton Kershaw's shoulders not playing well. Lance Lynn had good starts, right? But in the last yeah. two to three starts, he's been getting blown up. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going back to the Chicago White Sox of this year, Lance Lynn. And then you got three. You're talking about the Cubs playing with three with young kids in the rotation. Right now, the Los Angeles Dodgers are playing with three young kids of their own trying to yeah. piecemeal a rotation together. So, yeah, I agree. The path, if they're going to do anything... It's better against the Dodgers. And I do think that even if they face the Philadelphia Phillies, a big X factor will be if Stroman comes back. Yes. Because I think if you knew if Stroman, I'm not saying he'll pitch like he did in the first half of the season. If he did, hell, the Cubs match up with anybody. Because if now you got Steel rolling, you got Stroman pitching well, and then you got Kyle Hendricks. And for me, if Wicks pitches well, Wicks is, to me, your number four He's starter. Number four. Yes. Because I think stuff-wise, it's better than Assad. 
Assad's yes. a guy that can just, you know, try not to lose the game, right? And you can't do that in the playoffs. You need a guy that has good stuff. If he doesn't have good stuff, you need a guy who has veteran experience, kind of like Hendricks. That it kind of knows things in the in those moments. So then I think I like the Cubs' chances with those four guys. If Stroman mm-hmm. comes back and shows you that he's pitching well, then the Cubs can match up against the Philadelphia Phillies. Then they can match up against the Dodgers and the Brewers. And then the, whoever comes out with the last wild card spot, I think it's going. I think it's going to be the Diamondbacks. Um, yeah, I prefer I prefer the Cubs to face to to be the ones to face the Dodgers. So simple effect, because Cody Bellinger. Mm. Wouldn't wouldn't, be, wouldn't it be awesome if the Cubs were able to eliminate the Dodgers out of the playoffs with Cody Bellinger being the one that gets hot and hits home runs? Yeah, that would be. That would be a to the Dodgers for letting Cody Bellinger walk. But you're talking about Strowman. So far, he's returned to pitching. Uh, had a good outing yesterday. Everything went smooth, so he looks like he could be on his way back. Hopefully by the la- by the end of the by the end of the season, either Atlanta Braves or Milwaukee Brewers matchup probably gets a start. Also he should. Brewers, he should Brewers, get a start. And, and and Boxberger should be getting back as bullpen depth too as well. So there's a lot of pitchers that are coming back, uh, former as well. They should be getting that rest and getting back into form and helping this bullpen and and starting rotation. Yeah, because you yeah you're right. I'm like because you know number one is gonna be Justin Field, number two, Hendricks, number three, Strowman, number four. If Wicks continues his success, and for for me it's Wicks, then I'll move just Tyone and and Asad to the bullpen to help. And then just keep, yeah, that's our bullpen, lighter, Merriweather, Fulmer, Ozzele, and probably I'll keep Palencia and Little. Yeah, and you would and you would prefer for Tyon to pitch better than he has been. Yes. You know, he had that stretch about three, four games where he was pitching very mm-hmm. well. You would prefer to do that. I think if if he were to go to back to that stretch. You would kind of inclined to have him be your four starter over Wicks, but yeah. right now you you go you go with your hot hand, and if Wicks is pitching better right now than Tyon, Tyon I think will still be on the roster, but he might just be there in case you know they have to throw Wicks out there, and Wicks yeah, struggles, and you yep. bring yep, and you bring in that means Drew Smiley might be out of the playoff yeah, roster. It, it, if, if if Luke Little continues his success, yeah, I think he might. Oh no, he or he might be in, and and Valencia will probably be out. Yeah, but I don't know. hundred miles out. per hour in the postseason, that's when you really want a flamethrower out there. Yeah. yeah, you're right. But yeah, but that's that's really that's that's for the for the future. But right now, they probably are gonna lose today's game, so they'll be officially seventy six and sixty five, and there'll be two games. Behind the Brewers and the Phillies for the top, for the division and for the top wild card spot. So they have three more games against the Diamondbacks, three against the Rockies, three at the Diamondbacks again, three against the Pirates, three at home against the Rockies, and then the last six games, three at Atlanta and then three at, at the Brewers. So these next three weeks are going to be should be winnable games. Do you think the Cubs will hit ninety games one, or are they going to hit it under? Um, they just they just lost today, so for for the Cubs, to, they need to go fourteen and eight in order for them to win ninety games. 
I don't think they'll win. I don't think they'll hit 90 games. I think they'll hit about 88, 89. They'll fall just short. They'll be just short, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what I think. Unless it's Tyone, Miraculous, they are less of the Cubs that got in tomorrow, then because that's what I penciled in. They they win today, they lose tomorrow, they win Saturday, and then it's a 50 50 Sunday. Because they're playing four games, so I figure they, they need as long as they do a split, then they should be fine. That's where that's where I'm going. They need to win at least two games here against the Diamondbacks. Yeah, they do. They, they and they need to hold off these teams because you also mm-hmm. can't lose the side. I know that right now they're they're pulling for the division, but yes. you also can't can't lose sight of your wild card positioning. So these teams these teams are coming. You got my you got the Marlins coming, Cincinnati's coming, the Diamondbacks, San Francisco. Even though they just they just swept them, they're all fighting and. One slip up, and who knows? Maybe they can like even miss the playoffs entirely. So they they got, they have to they have to beat these teams, especially the ones yeah. like the Diamondbacks. Just like they did a good job against the Giants, they at least got to pull a split against the Diamondbacks to try and hold them off, and at least can stay in your playoff position that they have right now. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then um. I think the key series is going to be the last three games against the Brewers. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe that one will decide the division. Maybe they might yep. still be that close. Yeah, because they they got to defend the the, the last the last three games. Because then the Brewers they have a rough they have a rough stretch after today. They're off today, but then from Friday they got a seventeen game straight that they gotta play they got three at the Yankees four versus the Marlins at home three versus the Nets at home four against the Cardinals at the Cardinals and then three at the Marlins before they get before they get they get a break so that's 17 games straight that they need to play they may factor in a lot too as them holding that division spot wouldn't you think? Yeah, and it it's gonna put a lot of pressure. I mean, they have the best pitching in the division, and Burns has been really good. Woodruff has been fantastic since coming off of the injured list, and Peralta got rocked in his last outing, but he's been pretty good. Those three guys, there's a lot of pressure on them since they got 17 straight days to go deep into the game to kind of preserve that bullpen. And to and give preserve that, preserve that bullpen for their playoff run because I still do still think the Brewers are play are are going to the playoffs. Um, oh no, yeah, they're going to the playoffs. They're going to the playoffs, but I don't know if they could maintain the division. Maintain the division. It's going to be tough, and it's going. It's going to be a but tough. Be, they're going to have to pitch. Their starting pitchers are going to have to go deep in the games. I mean, the good thing is they have three pretty good horses. But he's going to put a lot of pressure on them to go deep in the games to preserve the bullpen because as they play so so many, and then at the year at so close to the end of the season, you're playing 17 straight days. A couple bad outings by those pitchers is going to put a lot of pressure, a lot of yeah. wear and tear on that bullpen. And this, this is a team that doesn't score a lot of runs, so you yes. know they're going to be in a close game situation. And then also wear and tear on the starting pitching because. Yep. They're, they're, if you expect them to go deep, they're going to be tired in the postseason. Yeah, that's true. And they're kind of fragile. Peralta has missed some time this year. Yes. Woodruff, of course. Burns has been pretty durable, but Woodruff and Woodruff and Peralta have have missed some time. Yeah, so that, that, I, I, didn't, I didn't see the schedule until today when I saw it. I'm like, wait, they play 17 games straight. And the Yankees are playing good baseball now. The Marlins are, they just took one of the series against the Dodgers. They're playing good baseball without a counter uh, and Sorlaire. The Nets, the Nationals are the Nationals. And the Nets beat the Brewers two out of three games in D.C. And then the Cardinals could be those, those, those pesky Cardinals to shove it in the Brewers' faces. To cut it off, and then they go to Miami again, and then 
And then they get they, they get the next day off on Monday, and then they got the three against the Cardinals, and then the last three against the Cubs. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a lot of scoreboard watching for us, and we're going to be really yeah, for the Brewers. Yep, really watching Brewers and all the other teams because you know the wild card race for the NL is very packed as well. Yep, you got so, the Phillies too, man. The Phillies. The Phillies, they, they were comfortable in the top spot, but now the Cubs are coming. And it's like, but they got, they have three against the Martins coming up at home. Three against the Braves at home. Oof. That, yep, that's a preview of the playoffs. If the Phillies make it. Then three at the Cardinals. We don't know because the Cardinals are, are, they're getting hot. They're, they're, they're winning some games now, too. Then three at the Braves again. But then the last nine games is three against the uh, four against the Mets, three against the Pirates, and then to end the season, three at the Mets. Yeah, and yeah, their offense is waking up a little bit. Um, Harper has been playing better. Trey Turner's breaking out of his funk. And dear man, Kyle Schwarber just keeps hitting home runs every day. Yep, the Shrapino. <laughs> he's hitting home runs. He, he's not hitting 200, but he's hitting home runs literally every day. I was looking at his stats. I believe 50% of his hits have been home runs. Yes. So, <laughs> so yeah, normally he wouldn't even make a spot with that low batting average but oh. he, he's breaking the mold as a as a leadoff hitter uh, I'm a little that. I'm a little concerned with the Phillies pitching though Wheeler yes. has been very good and Wheeler is like a dark horse for the Cy Young that's how good he's been Nola has been very inconsistent Nola to me looks tired from that long run last year to this year he's even up a ton of home runs after those two Ranger Suarez has been hurt. Um, Taiwan Walker, your guy, Taiwan Walker, he's yep. been he's been he's been okay. He was he had a very good stretch early in the season, and then he's been okay. He started, he started rough, and then he pretty much gradually started pitching okay. Yep, he had a very good stretch around May June, uh, but he's been he's been solid. And that their bullpen to me is kind of still questionable. Yes. Uh, but hey, they—if their offense gets hot, they—they they have an offense to me that can match. If their offense gets hot, they have an offense that could kind of match the Braves. Yeah, and I figured yeah because, and then also think about it. If they're struggling too with the teams that the Cubs are facing. And the Cubs are beating these teams. The niggas the Cubs a chance because the Cubs don't give up. The Cubs they continue to hit. They they lose games, but so far with this team, so far they just look like they turn the page around and then they go to the next game. And against the and this team against good starting pitching, they have answered. So, hopefully we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll talk more about the Cubs and how they end up in the coming weeks. But, Martin, are you excited for the Bears and Packers? Yeah, it's meat and cheese week, and it's a it's it's a different it's different this year. I wonder yes. what's different this year. Well, we don't, uh, the Bears don't got a owner that doesn't that doesn't live in Chicago no more. <laughs> yeah. He left Green Bay and went to New York. Yeah, I was about to say he's wearing a different shade of green. Yep. He's wearing, yeah, he's, he's wearing the that darker green. Yeah, but the Bears, the preseason, they went one and two. The first game, Justin Fields looked good. The second game, he did not play. The third game, I think he played, but he looked, he looked all right, I guess. But 
the Sunday. This is how the schedule goes. How many how many games do you think the Bears could win against this teams after I run this schedule? So you got the Packers at the Bears for game for the for the game one this Sunday, and then you got and then the Bears go to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Mm. So you want us? So basically, basically, you going on their list? You want me to give give you win loss? Yes. Okay, so we can start with meat and cheese week. Me, yeah, meat and cheese week. You think they're gonna win or they're gonna lose this game? I think they're winning this Sunday. Oh, okay. I'm so still I got them winning, but I want them to win. But I, I don't know, because this schedule's stupid. They got they got the Packers, okay. So you got them twinning, and then the Bears at the Bucks. Quarterback is Baker Mayfield. I think yeah, the Bears will start off two and zero. Breaking news. Yep, and then in the third week, they probably lose this one against the Chiefs. Bears at the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have a loss there. Then you got then I have the Broncos at the Bears. Russell Wilson versus Justin Fields. So it could be interesting. Broncos country. Yeah. Getting the W. I got the Bears losing that one. (laughs) So they'll be two and two. Damn. Okay. There you got them at two and two. Yeah. Then the Bears go to the Commanders. I got got a W for the Bears. Uh, Sam Howell's their quarterback. So the first five weeks they'll be three and two then. <laughs> yep, the first five five weeks will be three and two. So and then the Vikings, they the Vikings come to Chicago. You think Vikings take it or the Bears win it? I, I think the Bears win it. So you convinced me. I think the Bears are winning. So I think four and two now. Yep. Four and two. Vikings at Bears, and then we got the Raiders at the Bears. Oh, I'm putting the W. Yeah. Well, I'm already listing some dysfunction. Chandler Jones is having all these issues with John McDaniel. I don't know why John McDaniel is a head coach. In the NFL, he's a good offensive coordinator, but he's not a head coach. Because of the dysfunction, I got the Bears eking out a win. So that's wow, that's five and two. Yeah, that'd be five and two. And then the Bears at the Chargers, I think they lose this one. They lose this one. My boy Justin Herbert gonna be slinging the ball everywhere. So five and three. And that'll be five and three. And then the Bears at the Saints, I think they pick that win. It's at the Saints. Yeah, I got, I, I got the Bears losing this game. You got the Bears losing, right. Yeah. Because for me, if, well, for They're me, five I'm tra- five and four on my end. Yeah, I got five and four, and I got five and three. I mean, six and three. Then Pat- Panthers at Bears. They're winning this. Win for the Bears, they have to, so they can get the number. The higher pick, and then they got the Six Bears at the Lions. The first, the Bears at the Lions. I got, got Detroit. I got Detroit winning this one. Yes, yeah, that's what I figured out. Like, I got seven and four, and then you got six and what? five. Six and four. You got seven. If you got seven and four, I got six and five. Then it's the Bears at the Vikings. I also got the Vikings winning this one. So we at 500 now at six and six. Yeah, I got them losing this one too at the Vikings. Seven and five. And you got six and six, 500. Then they get a bye week after November 27. They get the bye week. 
So around your birthday, they won't be playing. They'll be playing around my birthday. Lions at the Bears. And they should win this game. I'm, I'm yeah, I got think. them. Yeah, I got them winning this one too. They'll be back yeah. over 500. Seven and six for me. Seven and six, and I got them at eight. Eight and five. Battling for a playoff spot. Yep. I got them at eight and five after winning against the Lions, and then the Bears at the Browns. I put them to win because I don't think the Browns are they're going to be. I don't know. I got the Browns winning this one. You got the Browns winning? Mm-hmm. I got them at 9 and 5, and you will have them at. <laughs> you have them at what? 7 and 7? Yep, 7 and 7. Yeah, I just think Chubb and. and the rest of that stable running. I think Deshaun Watson will be a little bit better than he was last year. Now we got the last three games. The Cardinals at the Bears. Win. Yep, that's what I had because I don't know. Kyle Murray, yeah. Win 8-7 oh, and seven for me. We have 8-7 and seven, and I got him 10-5. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I got him more higher, higher wins than losses. Yeah, I got him more of around 500. Yeah. So you're in your 8 and 7. Then, okay, mm-hmm. the last two games. Falcons at the Bears. Mm, I got a win for the Bears. So 9 and 7 for me. You got 9 and 7. I got him 11 and 5. <laughs> Jeez. And then, and then I got the last, the last loss for the Bears. It's going to be the Bears at the Packers. I think they lose that game. Hmm. Well, for me, I think I'm gonna go. Win. I'm gonna go bold, and the Bears are the only team in the division that they're gonna sweep. Are the Packers? I got the Bears winning against the Packers. So we ended up actually having a similar. So I said they're gonna lose. So my score ends up being that the Bears are able to win 11 games and lose six. And you're pretty much saying that the Bears could win 10 games and do seven. Yep. So we're off by one game only. So that ain't yep. bad. Yep. I got them 10, 10 and 7 this year. So, which to me, I don't think they'll win the division. Nah, I think they'll get a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think as well. Justin Fields is going to have a Pro Bowl caliber season. Um, DJ Moore is going to be really good. He's going to help him. I think the weapons are going to do well. Um, defensively, I'm a little eh. But I, I see big changes for Justin Fields now that he has weapons. Yes, I do. I do too. And hopefully on the, on the good side. Now for the NFC North, standings rank your NFC North how you how it's how you think it's going to be by the end of the season <sighs> I think it's going to be Vikings no I think it's going to be Detroit Bears Packers Vikings I also have Detroit winning the division um I got the Bears second, Vikings third, Packers fourth. Oh, you got the Packers fourth, yeah. The only reason I got the Vikings at the end because I don't trust Kirk Cousins. Um, I got the I got so I got the Packers last because I don't think I don't think Jordan Love is going to be good. He doesn't have a lot of receivers around him, and I think he's going to struggle. Okay. Now, if he if he turns out to be Aaron Rodgers again, then the Bears are kind of screwed because that means you'll have another quarter, another 
Pro Bowl caliber quarterback playing for Green Bay for like 10 years. So that's a problem, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think their luck ends. Uh, yeah, I, I have to agree. Yeah, yeah, right, you're right. Yeah, and I think I'm following the trend of Indianapolis. Remember how Indianapolis went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, and now they went through all this time trying to find a quarterback. Now they drafted Anthony Richardson, who looks pretty good. Yeah. I believe that is going to be Green Bay now. I think Love is not going to be what Aaron Rodgers Rodgers was. So that's why I finished last. I got the Vikings third because... The Vikings got very lucky last year. They won a lot of close games. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kirk Cousins, now he throw their defense went through a lot of changes. They lost a lot of talent defensively. Yeah. Um, and I think that that will be, they're going to lose some of those close games. Now they'll battle for a wild card because Kirk Cousins is still, to me, a decent quarterback. I'd say... He's like a top 15 quarterback. 15 quarterback, I would say. He he can get you to the playoffs, but he won't win you a championship. And second, I have the Bears. I think Justin Fields will take a bigger step. He's got more weapons. The offensive line is kind of questionable going into this game against Green Bay, but I think he'll mm-hmm. be good. And I think Detroit will take a big step. They kind of short off their defense. I think Jared Goff is in a good place. They have good weapons. They got Montgomery. They got Gibbs. They got all these receivers. And I think they'll build off on the good season that they did last season. Now, if the Bears look this season like how I think they would look, I think the Bears 2024-2025 season will will, will win the division. But not this year. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how I see it, too. I'm like, cause right now the Chiefs and, and Lions are having a good ass game, man. They're tied right now, 14-14. The defense is on both ends. Haley Hutchinson, bro, is being a badass. I like that guy. There was his last year, so. Yeah, and I give cre- and I give credit to the Lions to draft for drafting him. Mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson wasn't that flashy, flashy player with great upside but he had a great motor and he produced well in college so give him credit for drafting him and he's been he's been good the Jaguars drafted a guy with higher upside and he hasn't been playing as well so good big good job by Detroit yeah man and and and, and Patrick will go home been getting hit all game so <laughs> mm. so that's good but yeah that's our, that's our predictions for the Bears We'll see how this Sunday turns out for the Bears, but hopefully it's a win. I'll be predicted, and we'll talk to you guys in in a couple of weeks or next week. Thank you guys for listening. Keep following us on Twitter X, SI Sports Combo 1. Leave us any comments or any, any other stuff that you guys want us to talk in the podcast. Keep listening to the podcast. Keep listening to the podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. And also keep listening to Martin's wrestling the podcast as well. The archives. <laughs> He's still in the hiatus. He hasn't been talking about wrestling. Uh, yeah. Just recently started watching a little bit, but have not caught up on it as much yet. No, but well, yeah, thank you. Well, also betting, betting, betting tips for you guys on the Bears. Right now, the Bears are at a one-point favorite. Smash that right now. Go bet that. Go bet the line because I believe the Bears will win the game and they'll win more than a point by more than a point. So that's that's your your betting your betting tip of the week. Yep, and the Cubs just lost. They lost to the D-back 6-2. Yeah, wish they would have won the game, but now they have, they're officially two games behind the Brewers and Phillies. Well, they'll have to turn the page and maybe take a, win, take a W tomorrow. 
We'll see, because it's going to be a tough pitcher, Zach Allen. But thank you guys for listening, and have a good night. Go Cubs.